Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm here once again remotely with Alan. Hello everybody. This week on the show, we talk about how it's important to keep your focus on the end goal of what you're working towards in a subject in order to make your study effective in the lead up to the exam. We also look at a recent news story on how the podcasting world is beginning to show its value before getting to this week's student question. So Alan, we have had lots of student engagement the last few weeks. There's been a number of different webinars. We also got a huge amount of questions in from student on our chat support. And one thing that started jumping out to me, and I think I heard this phrase and it really resonated with me thinking of students, is this idea of not being able to see the woods for the trees. Mm-hmm. And I think with a lot of questions we see on some of the webinars and some of that we get on the chat support, it does seem sometimes the case that students are s- so far in the detail of the course um, that they lose sight of, of the bigger picture of what they're working towards. Yeah, they just go down these little um, rabbit holes and get lost in a big warren of tunnels and about silly little things. And, and you get you get tiny little parts of subjects that kind of get stuck in their head and it's like they can't relax until they sort this minor thing out and everything else is passing by. And I think it's an example of what happens in the exams with time management as well, that you have to be able to let things go. You have to be able to say, I've spent long enough on this question. You have to be able to say, I've spent long enough studying this topic. I'm going to move on and I'll come back to it at a later date. And maybe it'll all sink in over time. But it, it's just, I think it's, an, it's a part of a bit of stress that gets you kind of um, captivated by something and nearly haunted by something. Uh, and it's a, it's learning how to let that go and keep an eye on the bigger picture and the end goal all the time is really is really what you have to start concentrating on to be successful. Yeah, and I, I think and I you know, we're all for people confirming their understanding or, you know, if they're they read or um if they watch something in a video that they don't understand, you know, making sense of that. But it's the other side of that where you get so caught up in that that it's actually detrimental to the rest of your study and one of the things as a starting point um that we'd always encourage people to do which i actually think students don't see the full value of is at you know a very early stage is reading through even flicking through the syllabus of the subject that you're preparing for and trying to get that overall view of what the subject's about you don't need to you know go into detail about every specific point within it but you know kind of getting an overall view what what is this subject trying to achieve what skills is this giving me what do I keep in mind and if you have a good sense of that as you get closer to the exam that will actually keep you on track and keep you focused yeah it's the kind of thing well what do I need to do at the end of all this what do I need to know how will I be different at the end of all this? And if you keep that in mind, and again, we always use the, the sporting metaphors that the listeners are well used to, but it is that kind of thing. What are you training for? And what are mm. you training? And, and keeping that end goal um, in mind about like, what what is the aim for? So don't get kind of sad if a day's training doesn't go well when the goal is three months away. It's keeping an eye on that goal and moving on from a bad day's training. And I think it's the same thing. It's just it's just concentrating on the future and kind of knowing, always keeping in mind, well, my goal is a certain exam. And to do that certain exam, I need to understand certain topics and I need to be able to show the examiner my understanding of those topics. And even starting on that and having a rough idea of the topics and, and always just, anytime it all gets too much that you feel like it's closing in, 
sit back and think about those what that end goal is just to kind of reset yourself nearly yeah and I, I think that's really important and something a lot of people don't do or don't do until very close to the exam but like you said in the sports metaphors know what you're actually going into at the end of all this you know if you're if you're training for a marathon it's no point doing sprints every day for three months and then yeah. you go into a marathon so I'd always encourage people, you know, get familiar early with what the format of that exam is. Is it, you know, a case study? Is it objective test questions that you're going to be encountering? Because you need to, the the sooner you can make that link to what the end assessment's going to be, that will help you as you're working through the the content because you'll start to visualize, well, how is that going to come up in an exam situation? You start to link that content to potential scenarios that you have and that will also that comes from practicing questions but as you practice more questions that will become easier and easier well you talk about the webinars that we do and i've seen examples from webinars some of our other tutors have done and even one i did the other day when i was simply just reminding the students at the beginning what the layout of the upcoming exam will be like how many questions and things like that and one student came back and said, am I sure it's laid out that way? They, 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 they disagreed. <laughs> and, and I'm kind of thinking, and I, I was pretty sure I was right because uh, it hasn't changed in years. But it's a funny thing. And, and so what it was is that they didn't know. So they're in a webinar. They've obviously started studying for a subject. They've obviously an exam coming up at some point in the future. And they didn't have it clear in their head what that exam was going to look like on the day. Whereas... I always think every exam going in, you should be able to kind of close your eyes and kind of visualize when you open up an exam paper or look at it on screen. Is it going to be multiple choice questions or is it going to be, how are the questions going to be laid out? You don't know the topics, but you can kind of, oh, there's always four questions on a paper. The marks are usually split this way, whatever, there's exhibits or there's scenarios or there's case studies, whatever it might be. You can always kind of picture the layout and I think I was very surprised when students are still turning around and go oh are you sure that's the exam oh I must look at that and, mm. and I think you're right it's the first thing you should look at because that's your end goal your end goal is to be sitting in front of that whether it's a piece of paper that you're given at, at a desk or it's a it's a computer-based exam you should be kind of already prepared for what you're going to see and nearly the content is nearly incidental you just deal with that as it happens. But you shouldn't be surprised that, oh, I didn't know they could do 20 more questions in this exam. That that shouldn't be something you're surprised by on the day. Yeah. And I think that that ties into something we always talk about is, is having a strategy for that day. And, you know, strategy is a combination of your planning, your time management, the order that you approach the paper. But that's not a decision that you should be making when you sit down and get it and you realize and you're, you're readjusting because that's going to waste your time so that's something you start to build in early you build it in with with what you're practicing but you're always as you're working through that the content and the material you need to keep side of that end goal as we talked about and i think that's particularly important um with case studies because you know on different webinars sometimes we do see students getting very caught up in the the technical detail um, you know, really diving into to that technical stuff and going potentially even deeper than they need to when case studies are really all about, um, you know, having that bigger picture and, and application. And that's what you see much more in the exams is these case study style questions that are all about application and all about 
thinking professionally and, and what you do in a real world environment. So, you know, if, if you're, if you know that again, is the angle that, that will change the way that you're studying material that will change your focus to starting to think about the content that you see early in the real world. And then that will help you when you get to the exam. Yeah, no, I think strategy begins day one. Strategy, you don't sit the night before your exam and think, how am I going to do this tomorrow? Strategy, you, you form your strategy at the very beginning. If you're setting up a business, you don't set up a business and go, oh, I wonder what our strategy will be. You come up with a strategy and you build a business around it and studying shouldn't be any different. So one of the things which, again, I kind of wanted to um, highlight, and it's it's useful to think in kind of a practical situation, what you might do at work. So the other issue that I think a lot of students have is you make your plan at the start of the sitting. Maybe you have a look at the syllabus then, and then you just start into it and you get deeper and deeper into it. And you might not even realize that you're going off track or you're falling behind or you're getting away from the core areas of the subject. So I was thinking this, if, if you were working on you know, a big project at work, you would have review points within that, you'd be making sure if you're on track, you'd probably talk to your, your manager to they'd be checking in where you're at with things. Um, you know, there'd maybe be points where you have to reassess or change the approach or get things back on schedule or forgo certain things to do more important things. And I think you have to treat that whole study cycle the same and your study plan and you know you might not have a manager looking over you but you need to have those kind of self-review points where you think am I on top of this plan have I fallen behind do I need to reprioritize? Um, you know have I gone away from things I thought were important at the start like doing regular question practice and have I just found myself watching videos or reading notes so I think building that kind of a review into it helps you you know avoid missing the woods for the trees as we said at the start yeah it is it's just always look always reassess this is every point you kind of say well how am i making my progress and and you said about a project you don't just start a project and hope at the last day with the project supposed to be finished that everything's okay <laughs> that it all comes together yeah. <laughs> you, you do regular check-ins you do regular assessments you do regular regular everybody sits in a room and said okay where all these individual tasks are being done and have different timelines and some are ahead and some are behind but there's also has to be a day where everybody sits together and go like is it going well is are we on the right track taking in everything we know and it's not usually something that you can you can kind of put a number on and it's a bit like, well, here's the syllabus and here's what the exam looks. Am I on track? And to be able to take that high level view all the time is very, is very key to have that like bigger picture view. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's, well, it's probably the case for all of us, not just students preparing for exams, but we can be very good at, at recognizing the good habits and the things we're doing well. And people might say, well, I practice one question every week. That's good. But we can be bad at saying what the bad habits are because sometimes there's there's comfort in those bad habits whereas people say, well, you know, I, I just like reading all the notes before I do a question. Or I think there's there's also kind of sometimes with study, people get in a bit of um, the kind of OCD habits where they decide well, I've decided I'm going to watch every video again before the exam. Yes. And then it becomes a ticking off exercise and you're more doing it so that you can tick off. You've rewatched every video rather than getting back on track thinking, well, no, what's, is this good use of my time? What's the best thing I could do? So I think it's really important to recognize those bad habits and, 
you know, not turn it into a, a ticking off exercise. And that comes from having that, that focus of what you're trying to achieve. And I, I gave an example the other day to students about, um, about, uh, studying. And as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much, I would describe myself as an efficient studier because I'm not a good studier. And I used to feel pressure when I was, and even starting the ACCA exams during college, and friends of mine would go, I studied for eight hours yesterday. I studied for 17 hours yesterday. And I'd kind of go, well, I studied for two hours, but I know what I studied and I remember what I studied. Yeah. And I'm much better at that topic. And when actually, then I started asking people, oh, what do you do for eight hours? I spent eight hours writing notes. And yeah. I said, well, what do you know now that's different? Oh, I have all my notes. Yeah, but what yeah. have you learned? Whereas I can say, actually, I mastered net present value yesterday, for example, or I mastered how to answer a case study uh, if something on technology comes up, whatever it might be. So now I know I'm, I've moved closer towards that end goal. And you kind of have to, that time thing, it's a badge of honor sometimes about how many hours I studied. But if you study for eight, eight hours at the end, and then you look at your end goal or look at your syllabus or look at the exam. Can you sit there and kind of go, I am now better prepared for this exam after my eight hours. And this is how. And I think sometimes that's not possible. Whereas I think after two hours, you kind of go, oh, yeah, those two hours now I've mastered net present value. I've, I've just now kind of mastered something that might come up in the exam nearly every single time or it's worth 20 percent of the syllabus. And I remember it and I understand it and I can adjust to a scenario and a question so i think it's not about hours and it's not about that it's about like can you reflect back on your study and say i have this is what i've achieved and i think a lot of the time people think oh no i achieved eight hours but what did you learn oh but yeah. you did eight hours and, it, and it's it's funny how when you really push people for a question very rarely do you get an answer that helps the end goal yeah, because that that's it, as you said. The badge of honor is passing the exam and proving you knew enough to pass the exam. And, and that's your badge when you get those results. It's not, well, I didn't pass, but I did 100 hours of study. And look at yeah. all these notes I have. You know, that's, that's the examiner's fault. Yeah. I did 100 hours of study. The examiner didn't pass me. <laughs> but the examiner doesn't see the 100 hours of study. It just sees the, what you did in that three or four hours or whatever time that exam was on. Yeah, so I think that, you know, that's the main point we're trying to make. Don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Keep your focus on what you're working towards. And if you can do that, it'll make sure that your study is effective and efficient. Yeah, completely agree. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for extra content, important news, live streams, study tips, and much more. So, Alan, we there was an interesting story this week to do with podcasting, and one of the uh, certainly a name a lot of people would be familiar with in terms of um, listening to music, which is Spotify, but they are trying to make big plays moving into the, the podcast industry now. And this week saw them um, sign an exclusive deal with the Joe Rogan Experience, which is a, a podcast hosted by Joe Rogan in a deal worth an estimated $100 million. Um, so Joe Rogan's podcast is would kind of largely be considered the biggest podcast in the world it gets downloads of over 200 million per episode often and he uploads them to youtube as well where they can get 
you know, I think that one he did with um, Elon Musk got 34 million streams. So he gets a huge amount of traffic um, to his podcast. And, you know, for Spotify, you can see the value that they hold this within because they've obviously paid 100 million for these exclusive rights. But what's really interesting about this is they're not putting... um, Joe Rogan's podcast behind a paywall. They're not making it exclusive to paid um, Spotify members. What they're actually doing is just using him to get onto Spotify, but making it free to anyone who has a Spotify account, even if it's not paid, with it seemingly very much like they are trying to really kind of crack the value of advertising within podcasts and getting users in. And what I heard one comparison was trying to become the kind of Google AdWords of the podcast world. Mm. Well, first of all, I, I think it's time for us to renegotiate a podcast contract when you're in Signal. Yeah, we've been <laughs> ignoring our royalties thing. on Spotify. We, we, ha- we have. I think, I think we certainly need to. Um, we talked about strategies with exams. I think we need a new strategy um, to get part of this. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and it's really like we talk about, and in marketing a term, like we've heard this term so many times, and lead magnets. And it's something to draw you draw you to a website and then when you get there how can you use your content and i guess it's such a huge investment is that well first of all spotify are getting people to their website and i think this exclusivity most of the time when you listen to podcasts it'll be on apple and it'll be on spotify and it'll be on all those podcast providers and, and you can access it anyway similar to what we do but i think there's a real it's nearly the the podcast streaming is nearly the next battle with the TV streaming that they're they're doing exclusive content, paying big money for exclusive content in order to get people to to subscribe with them. Whether it's getting the benefit of advertising on their site, but also if you're if you get to you see all the other podcasts and then you see the paywall and you think, well, I listen to all my podcasts on Spotify, I might as well pay them a monthly fee and listen to all my music so there's so many ways but you talk about 100 that 100 million you think wow it's it's huge isn't it it's like uh, yeah you're just not used to those numbers for effectively a radio show yeah (laughs) Uh, and, and it's not it's not what you expect to see and what i find interesting because you know if you look at it in a similar way to those streaming things they seem to be taking the approach that you know people maybe follow based on one or two podcasts that they're really into and because things are so widely available then you know they'll they'll move for that one big one and they'll stay for the other bits that are there which can be made up i know in the streaming side i'm not sure was it amazon or one of the hbos who paid 500 million for five years rights to friends i think so again this is kind of it's a show that people might come to their streaming service because they have that. And then there's other stuff which which makes up the gaps aside from that. So it's kind of interesting to see Spotify might be trying to target these, you know, hundreds of millions of listeners for Joe Rogan. And if they can get them on board and then keep them there, they suddenly become, you know, the kind of go-to for anyone who's looking to advertise within podcasts. Because I have apparently at at the moment I I wouldn't be too familiar with this but you do hear ads in podcasts but apparently how you get to that point is very fragmented and I think it's nearly individual um, podcasts you know 
going through companies to get people to advertise on them whereas spotify or a lot of people are speculating that they're looking to become this kind of giant of podcasts that they just plug in relevant advertisements into all the the podcasts they have on their site yeah and i think uh, i listen to a lot of podcasts and and i've often wondered because some of them have ads and some of them don't and and some of them from the same source for example that have different shows from the same group for same company for example or the same podcast provider some of them have ads and some of them don't and i often wonder is it because they're more popular or is it relatively random or is it timing and, and i think what um what they're trying to do but then i also find that podcasts at the beginning didn't have advertising and it's something that you're used to kind of listening right through and I get annoyed when I when actually adverts interrupt and the first thing I do is pick up my phone and have a little button that moves it forward 30 seconds and usually don't listen to them and I wonder will will people get annoyed by too many advertising advertisements and podcasts because they they weren't really designed in that way but if you're paying 100 million for one show you have to get your money back somewhere. And that's a lot of advertising and a lot of listeners just to recoup that investment, whatever about everything else that's involved. Yeah. And I know um, the other side of that is a lot to offer. Then if you pay to subscribe that you don't get those advertising, but how does, does that balance off with Spotify? They have to get a lot of people moving to paid, as you said, to cover what they're paying for those rights. I think, you know, the last thing that's just interesting on this is, you know, even though Spotify are a, a huge public company, they obviously have the money for for things like this. It's a space that has, you know, some other well-known smaller companies like Amazon, Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, just the, uh, the lesser known companies. Yeah, so, you know, in terms of a a potential new kind of incredibly competitive landscape, you know, even though the others have maybe been quiet, I'm sure... There's been conversations in in Apple's all in, in Apple and with Amazon Prime about you know Joe Rogan and the prospect of a podcast like that. So will they roll over now and let Spotify kind of go ahead steaming into the podcast world? I know Spotify have acquired companies like um, The Ringer and some other which have a huge amount of of podcasts to them. So are Apple and these other companies going to let them get ahead, or will it become more like the streaming wars where? everyone is competing for you know the limited um big podcasts out there and it becomes very competitive and you know it's the people like joe rogan that stand to do very well out of um out of that competition as it increases well i think my guess is and you look at what's happened with the the actors that have been brought back into tv shows from the likes of netflix and apple and disney and all of these things and the money that they're paying and all of a sudden it's not a bad thing to to do a big blockbuster movie for netflix um i think that's what will happen i think the personalities involved in these companies i can't see somebody like steve bezos for example going i yet i like spotify let them have it i i i don't think they amazon have done that and ever done that before i don't think apple have ever done that before and i don't no, i think i'm sure think facebook a, will find a way to, yeah, <laughs> to, to do that while they're involved while they're making up their new worldwide currency yeah and I, I, but i do think there's a there's a certain personality these big companies have and they want to be the biggest and they want to be the best. And I think this is just the beginning. I think you could, you, you'll, end, you'll end up seeing kind of Julia Roberts doing podcasts on Apple or something. It'll, yeah. it'll, it'll get extreme and everybody will go mad and see if they can make it work. Um, but again, does everybody want, and even if they're free with advertisements, 
if people want to listen to this podcast on Apple, that podcast on Spotify, that podcast on Amazon, um, if it becomes fractured like that, it'll become difficult for for people to to access all this content and awkward to keep up. Whereas I think now the beauty of most podcast um, providers or most apps, even they're generally all available on, on, on all on all providers, and and it's it's easy to look at. I'm not too sure people are up for another kind of uh, a podcast streaming war but i guess we'll we'll see they're spending 100 million for a reason so we'll see what happens and we'll just wait for the offers to roll in (laughs) (laughs) try us for free by registering for a basic plan on learnsignal.com to get everything you need to pass your exams so connor um question in this week um for acca we've been running the kickstart webinars all last week and a few students have said they've missed them so um and is it possible to access the recording? Yeah, so we, we ran the Kickstart webinars um, all last week and got really good attendance and a lot of really good feedback. The recordings are available for LearnSignal members. They're up on their course page. There's a The first module on every course page is the Study Kickstart module, so they'll find the webinar within that. Um, and they were really useful sessions. You know, The idea behind them was in what's been quite an unusual sitting in terms of exams moving around it's really to get people back focused get them thinking about you know what's the best approach for a subject what are the important points they need to keep in mind which we kind of touched on earlier in the podcast how you need that good grasp of what's involved in the subject and that big picture so it was really about getting people on track getting them focused starting to make them think what they're going to need to do and cover in the sitting and really just point them in the the right direction building up to whatever's the next exam sitting that they're preparing for so we're going to finish up there for today. Hopefully you find the advice we gave useful. Do look out for those kickstart webinars and do consider the points we made about keeping your focus and having that big picture so that you can have effective and efficient study. So we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening.